Welcome back, lovely lovers, to part five of our wedding budget breakdown series. If you've been following along, you know we've been peeling back the layers of wedding budgets, and today we're focusing on a type of wedding instead of a line in your wedding budget. If you've been imagining a simple wedding in a sentimental location, or you're hoping to save money by choosing an untraditional wedding venue like an Airbnb, we are diving deep into planning and budgeting for a backyard wedding or a home wedding or an Airbnb wedding today. You're listening to Ask the Planner. I'm your host, Desiree Adams, owner of Verb Event Co., a company whose mission is to help couples enjoy planning the contemporary, sophisticated wedding they've always imagined. Together with other wedding industry experts, we reveal the crucial details and industry secrets that will help you plan and enjoy your flawless heirloom occasion. So pop your favorite champagne because we have a wedding to plan. Hey there, lovers. Today's episode was inspired by a listener question. I'm so excited to dive deep into today's topic. So Alyssa, one of our lovers, wrote, I am very fortunate to have a generous family member that offered their backyard for my wedding. I thought we would be saving money originally, but I'm learning very quickly that's not the case because of all the additional vendors I will need. You begin to mention this in your part one venue episode, but I was wondering if you could do an episode specific to backyard wedding considerations. Signed, Alyssa. We always love providing content that you all are actively searching for, so today we're going to talk about both budgeting for a backyard wedding and or Airbnb wedding, and give you some extra considerations to walk through as well. Before we get into the meat and potatoes of the episode though, have you had a chance to download our free and complete wedding budget checklist before we start breaking down backyard wedding costs? You will find it contains a few surprises that you likely haven't thought of even with a small home wedding in mind, I promise. Those hidden expenses have a knack for creeping up unexpectedly and that is exactly what we are trying to help prepare you for. So grab your free wedding budget checklist at verveventco.com forward slash budget checklist. Before we get into today's episode, I want to take a second to welcome all of our new listeners as well as think of our original listeners for continuing to support the show. I just love meeting you all out in the wild. So if you ever see me out and about or online, please come say hi or send me a DM. Interacting with you all and knowing I'm helping you hearing from you fills my cup. I am an Enneagram too, so I just love helping everybody. The one thing that I don't love about being a podcaster is that it's hard for me to connect with you all. It's not a conversation, even though I try to make it like that for each episode, but I don't see you. I don't hear from you. And I honestly just want to get to know you better and see you hear from you. I just said that, but I just really want to hear from you guys. Anyways, are you newly engaged, engaged to be engaged? Is your wedding coming up? Or are you a wedding vendor? Are you a planner, a photographer? I would just love to know all of the details. So reach out to me in the DMs, leave me a review in Apple Podcasts or Spotify, submit a question for our Never Have I Ever segments or this or that. Take a screenshot or a picture of you listening in the car and tag me at Ask the Planner Podcast on Instagram. 
I'm always so curious to learn more about all of you that tune in. Leaving a review helps us little indie shows get found by other people, and I want to be able to serve as many people as possible with all of our free help and content. A quick note for you, if you are listening to this episode in your car or at the gym or during a long train ride and you want to go over today's episode with your parent or partner, you can find the full show notes at verveventco.com forward slash 135. That's 135. All right, let's dig into today's episode. Before we talk about budget, let's talk about one of the biggest logistical considerations of an Airbnb or home wedding talking to the homeowner. Tying the knot in an Airbnb can add a really cozy and personal touch to your big day, but it's important to remember that not every Airbnb is set up for celebrations, even the small heartfelt ones. It's so important to have a heart-to-heart with the property owner to see if your wedding visions align. You would be surprised how many owners are all in once you share your love story and wedding dreams with them, Or they could be like, oh, that's not exactly what I thought of. And I don't know if this is a good fit because you don't want there to be any tension between you all during the planning process or afterward. I also want to caution you against assuming you can have your wedding at an Airbnb or VRBO or other kind of rental property. Airbnb is definitely cracking down on renters hosting events and some even specify specifically in their rental contracts that events are not allowed. There have been news stories and you can look them up about parties getting broken up because the owner had cameras installed and saw that an unapproved event was being hosted at their property and they called the police. I would hate for that to happen to you so don't do that. Okay. Moving on to home weddings, like someone, you know, that you know has generously offered for you to have your wedding at their home, while someone may offer their backyard without realizing that you're going to need to put a dance floor over their manicured lawn or bring in porta-potties for your guests to use. Guys, my husband hates it when we get a bounce house for our kids' birthday parties because it kills the grass, and it's only on the lawn for six hours. A dance floor or a tent floor is a whole other story. Don't even get me started on concrete slabs or tent stakes in the ground. Also, loading in for a tent takes a lot of time. It's going to take several days. So that's also time that that, the homeowners need to be home or someone's going to need to be there to oversee it. We're going to talk about more of this in today's episode, but having an honest conversation about what you expect from the venue Even if you're at an untraditional venue like an Airbnb or a house is super important. Most homeowners, when they realize they're about to host a big event, take on lots of landscaping projects to ensure the property is looking nice and really, really presentable. Whether you're the owner or it's your parents' home or someone else, make sure you think about the landscaping at the home. It all looks fine until you realize you have 150 people coming to your house and those hedges need to be trimmed back, the deck needs to be repainted, the gardens need to be mulched, etc., etc. This is what homeownership is like, guys. You do not want the event to become a burden to the homeowner, so make sure you discuss this and you're both on the same page as far as the conditions of the property when the wedding takes place. Okay, now let's talk about setting a budget for your backyard wedding. 
Like our lovely listener suggested, a lot of people think that having a backyard wedding will be cheaper because you save on the wedding venue fee, which as you've heard in the past, can be significant. For example, in New York, the fee for a wedding venue ranges from 5000 to 50000 at very high-end venues. So you could be saving a lot substantially. However, budgeting for a backyard wedding has a lot of needs which we're going to go into we've had you know i've talked to multiple planners we have weddings that we plan on our own and most of us planners at least to do it right budget at least a thousand or more per person for a backyard or home wedding at least the weddings that we're planning if you're doing something smaller scale it's going to be less but as you'll hear today, it's not going to be as less or as little as you think. Okay, so let's talk about building your venue from scratch. How much does it really all cost? Here are some must-have items that you're likely going to need to budget for. First, I highly recommend a tent, at the very least for a backup plan. Tents can vary widely in price based on size and style, and this will likely be one of the biggest venue expenses that you are going to have. And don't forget that tents aren't just for rain, they also provide shade. They can start from, you know, $1,000 or $20 to $30 to $40,000 if you're talking about, or more if you're talking about a tent floor, a sailcloth tent, one of those, what is it called, semi-permanent structures. The list goes on, guys. I mean, there's some legit nice tents. So do some research before you go that, you know, too far down that road. Okay, next we have tables and chairs. From dining to lounge areas, you're going to need ample seating for your guests. So to give you an idea of cost, this can range depending on the area of the country you're in, but chairs can cost, you know, $3 for a super, super basic white folding chair. I would never use one, but you know, they're there. (laughs) Not that I'm throwing shade at you guys, but they're there to $6 for like a, you know, a normal-ish padded white folding chair to $15 each for like those wooden crossback chairs to $25 to $35 or more for higher end chairs with padded seats and a pretty woven back. They would definitely be more if they're velvet or other high-end materials or their specialty. So multiply that times the number of guests that you're having and don't forget you're definitely going to need chairs separate for your ceremony area and your dinner area because no one's schlepping those chairs from the ceremony area to the dinner tent okay also don't forget that you're going to need tables tables can range from twelve dollars for a basic folding rental table or more and that will definitely need a tablecloth that kind of rental table to $100 or $150 for more heavy-duty farm tables or specialty tables, and that's per table. Think if you're going to have 100 guests, that's 10 tables. It adds up quickly. Then you have lounge furniture, which is when you see those couch and chair setups, which can range considerably based on the quality of furniture and the size of the setup. And don't forget about delivery fees. We always recommend lounge seating, though, for guests that might want to mingle during the reception away from the table, but don't necessarily want to hit the dance floor or stand the whole time. It's also great for older guests to have a comfortable space to watch the action, and they make for great decor and photo ops, but there's 
more fees than just the, the rental of the tables, the sorry, the chairs and the couches themselves. You probably want some accent tables, pillows, some coffee tables, a rug, uh, maybe a backdrop to go behind it. Then it's the delivery fee. Maybe you know, if they are from further away, they're probably going to have a rental minimum because they're not just going to come and deliver your stuff for like two hundred and fifty dollars. You know, they have to maximize and be efficient with their time. Okay, next let's talk about lighting. Whether we're talking twinkle lights, fairy lights, bistro lights, or more elaborate setups, good lighting will set the mood once the sun sets. Lighting varies hugely based on the size of the area that is being lit and the style of lighting. But it will be a significant light item, so keep this in mind. And guys, I had someone ask me, because we're going to install some bistro lights over this lawn area at a venue, and she was like, well, can't so-and-so's fiancé or boyfriend just hang them up? No. No, they cannot do that. They can't just go to Home Depot and buy some random bistro lights and then hang them up. One, they don't know how to install them. Two, those bistro lights, if they fall, can hurt someone, and then you have liability issues. Three, you don't, you know, this person is not insured. And so if something were to happen when they're putting the lights up, if they, you know, if the lights fall on somebody else while they're hanging them, or God forbid, like during cocktail hour, it would be a disaster. Plus you have to deal with electrical, the whole thing. So please don't just try to go to Home Depot and then like find some random lights and install them. I mean, you could, and people probably definitely do that. I just want to caution you that it, you know, is not as easy as you would think. Okay, also I want to note that there is a difference between ambient lighting and task lighting. If you are in a backyard, most backyards don't have proper lighting to safely maneuver without additional lighting. Like you're fine when you're right by the deck, right? But once you get out into the far reaches of the backyard where the kids like to hang out, there's no lighting back there. It's dark. So you're gonna need to make sure that the tent is lit, the pathways to restroom trailers and the catering tent are lit, as well as other important areas that our guests are going to be moving around. So make sure like you're sitting in this backyard without any light at night and see how dark it is and then figure out where you're going to need to add additional lighting. Next, we need to talk about budgeting for generators and electricity. I know, not the most glamorous topic to talk about, but having power and backup power is essential if your venue cannot handle the electrical load of lighting, music, catering equipment, multiple refrigerators, multiple ovens, multiple hot boxes. A a band for sure is gonna take up a lot of power and most houses and Airbnbs are not equipped to do that. Don't, don't even try. I promise you if, if, those coffee pots, guys, I know it's shocking, but those coffee pots that the caterers use take up a lot of electricity. And if they plug into the wrong one and blow a fuse, everything is going to go dark. So just think about that. Also, generators and gas uh, to power the generators are not cheap. So keep that in mind. All right, speaking of less exciting budget purchases, if your backyard or Airbnb venue cannot accommodate your guests lists restroom needs, you will also need to rent luxury portable restrooms. These can be surprisingly elegant, guys, but factor this into your budget early on. 
And I know most people think, oh, I don't want those portable restrooms because they're so gross. They're not the ones at the football games that are disgusting and gross. No, they're really, really nice. They're luxury. They're air-conditioned. They have flooring. Super, super nice. But they're not cheap. So trust me when I say that you do need washroom options for your guests. Don't assume your guests that your number of your guests can use your family home or the Airbnb's facilities. Most homes only have a couple restrooms and that will not be enough for most standard weddings. If something were to happen to that first floor bathroom, which is probably the only distance that most guests are going to go, I don't think you really want all your guests going upstairs to use the master bathroom if the first floor bathroom gets, you know, stuck. And don't forget, someone's going to make sure that those restrooms are neat and tidy and the toilet paper is well stocked. And who is doing that? Is that the owner? Are they in charge of that? Is someone else going to be on toilet paper duty? No one wants to clean the bathrooms, but you also don't want to be assessed a damage fee if you don't keep the house tidy if it's a rental property. Think about these things, guys. Lastly, as far as creating your own venue is concerned, you also need to budget for a dance floor. If dancing is on the agenda, which it usually is, Renting a dance floor is a must to avoid grassy tumbles or damaged lawns, not to mention most women will want to wear some kind of heel, which doesn't work on grass. Okay, now let's talk about additional considerations when having an Airbnb or backyard wedding. Catering and alcohol and the bar. We touched on a lot of these things in our previous budget series, but let's talk about specifically when it comes to these untraditional venues. So starting with the catering and the bar, without an in-house catering service, you have the freedom to choose your vendors, and this could be a great way to personalize your wedding, but remember to include not just the cost of food and drink, but also any rentals your caterer doesn't provide, like linens and dinnerware, flatware, glassware, china, Also, you're most likely going to need to rent equipment for the caterer to create an off-site kitchen for them in order to have the best tasting food. So most times, the caterer is going to prepare the food in a commissary and then bring it on-site and finish it on-site so it tastes the most fresh. How is your caterer going to prepare the food and keep it ready to serve if they aren't preparing it on-site? They're going to need refrigeration, ice, possibly grills, ovens, tables, hot boxes, pans, all these like terms that you probably don't know. And I barely know. I mean, I know them, but electrical, power, etc. So just think about that. Some people think that, oh, the caterer can just use the kitchen. No, they can't. They cannot plate enough plates for 100 guests in a standard size kitchen. There's just no room. Okay, moving on to decor and florals. So for decor, fortunately, this category is similar whether you choose a backyard wedding or a traditional wedding venue. From floral arches to centerpieces and beyond, the sky is the limit, but so can be the cost. Be clear about your budget and work with your vendors to prioritize elements that create the biggest impact. I would also say you may have an advantage here with a backyard or Airbnb wedding since they are likely to accommodate longer load-in and take-down times compared to some venues that might need everything set up and taken down in the same day, which typically will incur additional labor costs from the rental company. So at least you have that going for you. 
Also, let's talk about transportation. Last but not least, transportation. It's a very not sexy item, but it's definitely something important to note while we're talking about these non-traditional venues. Most private homes don't have built-in parking lots or circular driveways to account for a large number of cars. Y'all, my dream, and my husband knows this, is to have a home with a semicircular driveway. So anytime we have a party, oh, guests can just drop off and we can have valet and they can take the car. That is my dream. Most places don't have that though. So I want you to think about where everyone is going to park, if it's going to disturb your neighbors, or you'll need to have people park elsewhere and hire a shuttle company to transport them, or you're going to need a valet company to take care of all of the cars because you know they're all down that street, but the street is busy or it's far, you know, farther away, or people are gonna have to walk. Because if you have, you know, like 50 150 cars, I mean, not 150, but you know, if you have 50 cars, that's kind of a long walk, um, especially in the dark. So think about what you're going to need for parking and transportation. Last, let's wrap up today with budgeting and planning for insurance. As we wrap up today's episode on budgeting and planning an Airbnb or backyard wedding, we're not going to forget about the boring but oh so important stuff like insurance. Make sure you know what is covered and if you need to add any extra policies under the homeowner's insurance, if you get a separate rider for an event, which we definitely recommend. Make sure you get the thumbs up on your decor plans to ensure you and the property are both looking your best and you chat about any kind of damage deposit or cleaning fees so that you avoid any surprises. While that wraps up budgeting for a backyard or Airbnb wedding, I also want to share a few extra tips if this is the style of wedding you are having in 2024. But before I do, we've covered a lot in today's episode. There are a million and one steps to planning any wedding, but these weddings really do require a little extra planning love. Luckily, you know we have the tools to help. Our ultimate planning checklist is a great place to start with checklists and sub-checklists to guide you every step of the way. Grab it now at shop.verveventco.com. Our couples and planners are obsessed with this checklist, so stop wasting your time. I'm wondering what you need to do with those analog wedding planning handbooks from Amazon and grab yours today. Don't forget, listeners of the show, get 10% off, so use the code PODCAST10 at checkout. Grab your checklist today at shop.verveventco.com and use the code PODCAST10 at checkout. All right, back to some other tips regarding having backyard and Airbnb home weddings. One, understand local regulations and restrictions. Before sending out your invites, it's important to get familiar with local noise ordinances and any restrictions that might affect your celebration. No one wants their special dance interrupted by a noise complaint. Check with your city or county about any permits you need for noise, parking, large gatherings. Being in the know can help you avoid any unwelcome guests like police or surprises. Two, consider the logistics of your space. When you're looking at a backyard or Airbnb as a potential venue option, you need to evaluate your space with a critical eye. Will it accommodate your guest list, ceremony, and reception comfortably? Think about the flow of the event from the arrival to departure. Are there enough areas for dancing, dining, lounging, and the ceremony to be defined yet cohesive? You likely need more space than you think, and it's not easy to flip a space between your ceremony and reception. So 
Plus, who's going to be doing that? So make sure you have separate and defined spaces for all of these things. Okay, tip number three, add personal touches. The beauty of a backyard wedding is in the personal touches you can incorporate. I love sentimental touches. So this is definitely gives you a lot of opportunity to do that. Whether it's photos hung from trees, handwritten signs, or family-style meal, these take details make your wedding uniquely yours. So I want you to take advantage of that. You can consider including a memory table or a special tribute to loved ones who can't be there to celebrate you. Don't be afraid to add some fun elements like a fire pit and s'mores stations or lawn games like croquet or bocce to play during cocktail hour if space allows. There's so many options. So make sure you take time to think about them and personalize them to you and what you all like. Tip number four, have a clear timeline. Lastly, work with your vendors to create a timeline for the day. This helps run everything smoothly from setup to teardown. Share this timeline with your vendors, your wedding party, and any helpers to ensure everyone is on the same page. If you are having a wedding planner, they will definitely help you with this. If you are DIYing it, make sure you grab our master organizer from our template shop because it will guide you through all the wedding day details like your timelines, inventory, something for your seating, all of the things. So good. That wraps up today's episode of the Ask the Planner podcast. And wow, I know we covered a lot and I'm so glad that Alyssa wrote in with this question. Thanks so much for tuning in as we dove into part five of our series where we went deep into planning and budgeting for an Airbnb or backyard wedding. Don't forget to join us next week as we wrap up our wedding budget series, offering up more tips, tricks, and need-to-knows to help you plan the wedding of your dreams without breaking the bank, or at least knowing how much you're going to spend. If you have questions about what I talked about today, send me a DM or leave it in your review on Apple Podcasts or leave a voicemail on our wedding planning hotline at 585-210-3467. Again, that's 585-210-3467. And now that brings us to our review of the day. Today's very special review comes from Elizabeth, who hails from Derby in Western Australia. Elizabeth sent in a really sweet email and I wanted to read it to you all because it was just so nice to hear from her and I'm just so excited. So Elizabeth writes, this is Elizabeth from Derby in Western Australia, a March 2024 bride. This is a second wedding for my fiance Charlie and I. We met in 2018 when we were both police officers. The last time we were married was in the 90s, and things were a lot different back then. I discovered your podcast a couple of months after we became engaged, and I have listened ever since. I travel for work to a remote part of Western Australia, which is 270 kilometers away. So for all my U.S. friends, that's about 168 miles, which is really far. (laughs) I have to be organized and download the podcast before I travel because we only have mobile phone reception for about 40% of the journey. You have been my lifesaver and voice of reason in so many areas of wedding planning. Yay! Our big day is Friday, March 1st. We will be traveling over 2,700 kilometers from home to get married, and I am arranging the florals myself and saving a considerable amount of money at least $1,500. My grandfather will be giving me away and we will have 
five generations present for the weekend, which is so incredibly special. Thank you for your time and keep up the amazing work. I love hearing you and your advice from all the way on the other side of the world. Oh my gosh. Lovers, please join me in wishing Elizabeth and Charlie, who just got married this past weekend, if you're listening live, So congratulations to both of you lovers. The lovers and I are sending you so much love and best wishes for your marriage. Thank you so much for listening to the show and for writing in. It's letters like yours that truly make my week. I got your letter when I was actually on vacation and I was like, oh my God, this is the best thing ever. I'm so excited. And I shared it with our team and we're all just so, so excited. So anyways, thank you again for writing in. If you all could be awesome like our fellow lover Elizabeth, please don't forget to leave the show a review in Apple Podcasts or in Spotify. Share it with a fellow couple. Take a picture of the podcast in your car. Tag me on Instagram at Ask the Planner Podcast. As you can see, I just love hearing from all of you all around the world. Reviews and shares are so helpful to us podcasters because it helps other listeners find the show. If you're not sure what to write in your review, let me know where you're listening from, drop some emojis, submit a question for our Never Have I Ever segment, or suggest a topic or guest for a future episode. You can also answer this week's question of the week, which is, did you consider having a backyard or home wedding? Why or why not? That's it, lovers, for today's episode. Thank you so much for joining me. I cannot wait for next week's episode where we wrap up our budgeting series. In a few weeks, I'm also interviewing a travel agent who specializes in honeymoon planning. So if you have any questions regarding planning the honeymoon, stop dragging your feet. Make sure you send them in. And if you are a wedding vendor or planner, we're also doing some wedding industry episodes coming up per your request. So please send us your questions and requests for all of those as well. Have a great week, y'all, and I will talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening to Ask the Planner. To make sure you enjoy planning your heirloom occasion, visit asktheplannerpodcast.com where you'll find show notes and ways to connect with me. And if you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you hit subscribe and please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts so other couples can find the show and plan their flawless wedding just like you. 